There's a friend of mine who's an artist, and he wants to make his living working for the church. Uh, he's a painter, and unfortunately, we as a church have by and large given up our position as patroness of the arts. When a church is being built or someone's building a shrine and you need art for it, one of the first things it seems we do is go to the drawer, pull out a catalog, and say, oh, I like this statue, let's get this one, which means not only are we not employing artists or having artists trained in Christian art, uh, it means that you can go to any variety of churches in any diocese and go, oh, I've got one of those in my church. Oh, we've got that one. I've seen that one before. So he's trying to make a living doing this, and uh, he and his family were going along pretty fine, and then 2008 hit, and there was a recession, and they weren't too worried. They had saved a lot of money. They planned ahead. They knew money was going to become even more tight when it came to art, but they were okay. One year, two year, 2010, and they're starting to become a little rattled. Business is slow, their third child is on the way, and there is no report in the newspapers that things are going to turn around anytime soon. And he turned, he said, I turned to God for, for comfort and for guidance to see us through this time. But the troublesome months continued on, and pretty soon months turned into another year, and their savings were gone, the bills were piling up. You know, one or the other here, his wife would be down at any given time, and the other one would say, it's going to be okay, and then the tides would turn, and the other one would be up, and the other one would be down, and building up the other one. And Christmas hit, and they realized they were in serious trouble on the verge of losing everything, including their home, and the wife just said, let's pray. 2011, they could not afford enough oil to heat the house. So the house was always cold and they reverted to taking very quick cold showers so they could save as much oil as they could to keep the edge of the coldness off the house. And finally they found themselves down to their last $100. They had sold everything that they could, including all of his wife's jewelry, everything except her wedding band and her engagement ring. And he said, I could no longer hide my panic. I was the man of the house, and I promised my wife and children a wonderful life. But at that moment, I was nearly spent. One day he came into the house and found the dining room lit with dozens of candles. The china that they still had was set out as if they were expecting guests. And he was a little confused, so he went into the kitchen and he saw his wife making soup from some leftover turkey that they had. She had a bag of carrots, a half a stock of celery, and some old lasagna noodles. He goes, what, what's going on? Why is the dining room set up as though we were expecting guests? And she simply said, because we still have a lot for which we need to be grateful. Now go tell the children dinner is ready. They ate and gave thanks. And later, in a cold house, he went on the internet that would soon be shut off, and he found that he had a message from a priest somewhere wanting to buy one of his larger paintings for this parish. And this was really great news. That meant a lot of money was coming into this household. And he went out and told his wife, and they celebrated for a little while, and finally she, exhausted, went to bed and fell asleep.
and invigorated. He went into a studio to work some more, and that's when his phone pinged. And he looked, he had a message from a collector inquiring about another painting. Things were beginning to turn around. It would be so easy in the depth of that difficult period in their life, I know I've done it, and I know many people who do so also, but in that moment of terror, to get mad at God. God, why don't you do something? Why, God, did you let this happen? God, I tried to be one of your friends. I tried to be good. Now, why don't you show me some of your favor? This past Thursday, I had Mass with our day school children, and there was the first reading was an, an epistle from St. Paul to the Ephesians, and he wrote it while he was in jail. And he was in jail because he followed God. And the beginning of his letter goes on like this. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, was ble- who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious name which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now that doesn't sound like a man in prison. It sounds as for him that everything's going right in the world. He doesn't blame God. And he assumes that if nothing is happening the way that he wants it to happen right now, that he is still being taken care of. And he offered praise to God. The gospel today tells us in our prayers, will not God, the good judge, render us justice? Do you have confidence in this? Sometimes it seems to work. This past week, we had about 100 people in Zwistler Hall for a town meeting about our new Julie Billiard School. And I was telling them that one of the reasons we haven't just been coming out with information all the time is because just about every month, every other month, we thought the project was done. It was over. It wasn't going to continue. We would come up to what seemed to us to be this big, massive rock wall. And we would go, well, that's it. This is the end. The project's now finished. Unless St. Julie Billiard or St. Sebastian does something about this, it's over. And then we pray, wake up the next morning, and what yesterday had seemed to us like a giant stone wall turned into something like tissue on water, and it would just dissipate. And we would go until we ran into the next wall. And I I tell you, St. Julie Billiard and St. Sebastian are powerful allies. It just seemed to work. Sometimes prayer works miracles. But sometimes it doesn't. And why would that be? Here are some possible reasons. I pray for a million dollars. I pray that the Browns will be as good as the Cavaliers and the Indians. I pray that my car will start. I pray that I will have a full head of hair. I pray that I will live just a little longer. Sometimes instead of prayers, we are offering our earnest, earnest wishes. Prayer has to do with salvation, dignity of the human race, and glory to God. 
That I do not have a head full of thick, lustrous, long hair does not mean that God does not answer my prayers. It means that type of wish granting is not his department. But that I might learn to be grateful that I have a head of all, at all. And that I am to give thanks for my follicularly challenged scalp is his department. Sometimes God's glory comes about in conflict with our desires. I mean, think about the North American martyrs. Think about St. Sebastian. Think about St. Agnes. They prayed. They were good people. They spent themselves in God's service. Yet they died. And in some very gruesome ways. But you have to ask the question, what's the whole purpose of our life? Why were we made? Was it so that we could live as long as possible and as happily as possible in this world? That's for atheists and people who are more focused on things of this earth. Our goal is salvation, heaven, to live eternally with God and to help others get there. Sometimes what what might seem as the best solution from an earthly standpoint is not so from an eternal standpoint. If Sebastian had not become a martyr, he probably would have just become another great man that we didn't even hear about to this day, and this church would have been named after somebody else. It's also good to remember that God is not a vending machine. I'll be good, I'll love you, I'll praise you, as long as you give me a job, a home, a mate, a luck, or whatever. That's not how love between two people works. And have you ever looked back on something for which you prayed for earnestly and devotedly and for a long period of time you knew this is what you wanted and was the right thing, only later to realize, wow, thank goodness I didn't get that. If you can do that, that's your confirmation gifts at work. Although just about everybody in this room has been through a very tough scrape, none of us have died from hunger. None of us have died from lack of shelter. None of us have died from lack of love. And none of us have died from lack of justice. But some have. There are those who have died in hunger in the world. Sometimes just through the greed of man. There are those who die from exposure. Think of all the natural disasters that go on. Fires the extreme heat, the flooding. There are those who die from lack of nurturing. We only have to think of abortion. And there are those who die from lack of justice. And we think of the death penalty and those we know who have been put to death even though they were innocent. We're just not going to know all the answers in this world. Some justice is meted out before God's throne in the next life. But... Can you find peace in God, knowing that things will not be left undone? That even if they don't go your way, way, truth, beauty, and goodness will ultimately rule. And if not in this life, in the next. Can you pray, do your best, and then find trust in God? We're going to have a huge test coming up in our lives right now. 
We've got a very difficult election facing us. And those of you who heard my homily last week know of my own concerns. In the bulletin today, there are some resources to assist you in becoming formed in the things that we need to know to vote as Christians and as Catholics. But after being formed and then being informed and then praying, I recommend fasting. After casting your vote and doing all that you can do and then remaining involved even after the election, can you then still trust God and give him glory no matter what and find joy and find peace and find your confidence in him?